Hey there, it's Vanessa. Thank you for pressing the buttons that got you here to this particular podcast. I'm honored that with all the things to listen to and watch, you've chosen to come here and listen to this story. Nocturne is born of my own personal curiosity and fascination about the night and darkness, and most of all, the people and other creatures who inhabit it. And I make it almost all on my own, in a small room in my house. With all the other ways you could be spending your time right now, I'm guessing that you appreciate these stories. So I'd be really grateful if you could chip in a few dollars a month to help keep this independent, creative endeavor going. And if you're already helping out, thank you so much. Otherwise, please take a minute to go to patreon.com slash nocturnepodcast, support the show, and get some bonus goodies in the process. Again, that's patreon.com slash nocturnepodcast. Or you can go to nocturnepodcast.org slash support for other ways to help. Listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. See you guys in a while. Bye. Bye. I'm not the bravest person. I make an audio show about darkness and night. But I can spook myself really easily because I have a vivid imagination and I was raised to be cautious. But I think I like being scared or uncomfortable too, just a little bit, because it makes me feel energized and alive. I know I'm not alone in that. Lots of folks love horror stories. And I heard from a lot of people after I freaked myself out on a night walk in the woods a few years ago and made a whole episode about it. That's called Into, Under, Through, if you're interested. In addition to giving yourself a thrill, putting yourself in unfamiliar territory, whether it be a place or an emotion, also helps you know that you're resilient. When I was a young child coming home from school, my mother hid out of view so I couldn't see her when I got off the school bus. She wanted me to be prepared for a time when I would be alone in an unfamiliar situation. I don't know if she was already planning to leave my father and me yet. I don't know how long it was until the day I came home from school to find that she no longer lived there. Despite her leaving, though, we've always been close. We share an uneven courage, although I think I'm the braver one. I think that day at the bus stop is a puzzle piece in who I am, although I'm not exactly sure how it fits into the whole. I've been thinking about fear and movement exploration and safety. I've been thinking about barriers and perimeters, those we create for ourselves and those that are imposed. Pushing yourself into fear on purpose gives some comfort that maybe you'll be able to navigate life when you really have no control, when you're thrown into a darkness bigger and deeper than you would ever choose. There's so much off limits right now real danger holding us still and strangely isolated. While I've found many of these constraints to be frustrating, lonely, and sad, I've also mined the smallness of life as much as I can. I find sweetness close by and inside. 
I'm still noticing new things in my neighborhood, interesting trees, architectural details. As the days got short, I appreciated the nightly neighborhood walks with my dog in the deep darkness of 7 or 8 o'clock in a different way than I have before. I've loved it for its variety, the transformation of the familiar more welcome than ever. I'm getting pretty antsy, though. So now I'm going backward. In another time, around four years ago, I had the amazing good fortune to travel for six months in different parts of the world, very far from home, with my family. We recorded sound everywhere. If you've listened to episodes from a few years ago, you've heard stories from that time. For six months, we were never any place longer than a week, and usually we only stayed put for three or four days. We planned the trip mostly as we went. We woke up excited each morning, alone together, not knowing who or what we'd encounter. There were many nights walking through dark streets, lost mostly on purpose and on the edge of fear, but a buzzy, giddy kind of fear. And every once in a while, I would go solo and push my own little pocket of discomfort. It was delicious. At the time, we were acutely aware that our trip was the experience of a lifetime, a ridiculous privilege. Now, as the world has shrunk to the size of my neighborhood, that time feels like an unbelievable, unattainable dream. And recently, when I was listening to those audio recordings for the first time in a long while, they brought up so many feelings. Gratitude, excitement, melancholy, hope. Each one is a rare treasure, a beacon from an inaccessible foreign realm. Each one is like a beautiful little pebble that I can hold and examine and maybe share. One of my favorite places of the whole trip was a tiny little village in rural France, perched above a river and nestled between green fields and the Pyrenees Mountains. So I'm in a little tiny village in the uh, south of France <laughs> called, and I have terrible French pronunciation, Durban Cobier. We stayed in a small apartment in a restored medieval house, directly below the towering ruins of a 12th-century chateau. The entrance to the home was on one of the many narrow winding paths, bordered by low buildings made of old stone and plaster. The ancient town has less than 700 residents. There's a bakery, a market, a few other businesses on the main road below. But we rarely saw more than a few people when we walked around. Church bells rang out during the day, and we heard singing on Easter morning. It was as lovely as it sounds. We'd explored some of the village during the day, and I did a bit by myself on morning runs, down by the river a couple of times, and into the bakery almost every morning. At night, we'd hunker down inside, except for one Friday night when I ventured out alone. The recording I made as I walked through the winding paths in the darkness— elicits for me the excitement and fear of night in a strange place more than any picture or video ever could. But it's more than that now, isn't it? Now it's a reminder of what's been lost and what I hope to recapture soon. And I'm just going to walk around. It's sometime after 10. Very dark. The buildings are hundreds of years old. Old stone buildings. There's wooden shutters mostly closed. The beautiful tiled roofs. The very old clay tiles, many, many layers of them. 
on the roofs. Lots of narrow winding streets. Ivy covered stone walls. Cobblestone paths that go winding down to the river. I'm looking at a cat sitting under a street light. Street lights are all kind of a lovely orangey. Um, and they're in they're in glass cases. Very, very French. Lots of shadows. And there are frogs. It's a place that I love during the day. I know nothing about this place at night. I remember the exhilarating feeling of being untethered far from home in a foreign place. A little scared, but not really. I was alone, but not really. This place looks like something out of a movie set. There's a, a several hundred year old castle crumbling. It's lit. And then there's these very, very old stone and plaster buildings, <laughs> shadows, no one on the street. But because of these lights, huge shadows, huge shadows. It's like, um, like an Alfred Hitchcock movie. <laughs> so this isn't the woods, and I do see some lights on in windows, but it's fucking creepy. There's stars in the sky. I'm looking up at the crumbling castle. It's very windy. And as with the last time I did a night walk by myself, I don't know if I'm being ridiculous. I imagine if I screamed, somebody would come. <laughs> if you're a man listening to this, you might think I'm silly for feeling nervous walking around by myself in this tiny village in the dark. I'd respond first by saying, you're probably right. And also, I'd tell you that the experience of walking alone in the dark is an entirely different thing for a woman. I won't go into more detail here, but it might be worth asking some women close to you, if you're curious. In any event, it's always been the case that when I've tried to venture out into darkness alone outside, an internal net invariably begins to tighten. So here's the thing. Like, there are shadows all around me, but I'm in a tiny village in rural France. So what are the chances that somebody's lurking behind a boulder or a tree waiting for a foolish American woman with a microphone to cross by? Not very good, I'd say.
I'm seeing the Frenchman that I'm hearing doesn't seem particularly smart to be out by myself on a Friday night with Frenchmen <laughs> walking around. Not that Frenchmen are any more dangerous than other Friday night revelers of the male persuasion, but I'm going to head to a different area and get some lovely frog sounds. some kind of electrical box. I'm gonna walk down this path. The winding path with the shadows under the street lights. Here again, I feel my heart kind of pounding a little bit in my chest. It's not the same as when I was in the woods, clearly. Um, that was a place that I knew well, but it was different. This is a place I don't know well. leads nowhere. It's got these deep doorways here. <laughs> Anything to say? Anything to say, cat? anything. And I can't really get myself to go. All the houses are shuttered. And I, can't, I cannot get myself to walk down the paths. So here's the deal. I'm basically paralyzed in this spot under the castle. <clears throat> I've walked, I walked um, about 50 feet in every direction. And then I physically, I physically can't get myself to go further. It's as though there is a force field around the perimeter of the space. I, I want to get down to the river because the frogs will be really good there. And, uh, and if it were light out, there would be no perimeter. Okay, I shouldn't say that. This morning, I tried to go for a run in a different direction, and there were two large dogs by themselves wandering around, so I didn't go that way. So they were a perimeter, but um, the darkness is a perimeter for me here that is not letting me pass. 
I should say, the shadows and the possibility of what is around the corner. Listening to this from the home I've been mostly confined to for the past 10 months, I imagine that I would push past the force field now. Could that be one of the lasting effects of this strange time? Will I be able to widen my radius beyond my fear more or less after this? Will I be more or less scared of being alone? And it's by virtue of the fact that there's no one here. And as I round the corners, I can't even tell if most of the places are inhabited. It's still, it's still not summer, it's still off season. The place has felt inhabited during the day, but at night, I don't really know. I would have thought I'd see more lights and windows. It's not, as far as I know, a dangerous place. Wind plus trees and light equals shadows that look like monsters on big stone walls. The other thing I'm thinking is that if somebody comes along, I don't speak French. <laughs> I don't speak French and I don't know how to communicate anything other than the fact that I don't speak French. Je ne parle pas français. Je suis américain. Pardon. Désolé. All right, I'm gonna go up. One of the things that makes this village so idyllic is that it's surrounded by forests and fields. In the darkness, this gives it a fairy tale quality, the aura of two vastly different worlds gently overlapping at a seam. Like if you dipped your foot off the stone path into the wild terrain, you might be pulled from one reality into another. The fear is that you might be stranded there alone. Now I'm walking in the other direction, away from the village, away from the village, and there's woods. It's even darker. There's tall juniper trees. I think they're juniper. And above them, the starry sky. I see a bat flying up ahead. So now I'm walking through much thicker darkness. Beautiful stars, no one around, and a particularly dark patch. I'm gonna go around this very dark corner. I think what I'm facing now is vineyards. 
really tell because it's so dark. I'm assuming those are howling dogs. There's lots of bats flitting around. Off to my left is a, a road, a dark road, where that curves with a light at the end. Lots of trees with big vines overgrowing the bottom of the, of the trunks of the trees. I haven't really spoken about the pandemic here on Nocturne. To be honest, the reality of it scared me so much that for the first few months, I could barely read or listen to anything beyond the basics. It was a dark unknown that I wanted to avoid. When I did read the news, I became so anxious that one night I woke from deep sleep right on the edge of full-blown panic. I started to meditate regularly and became diligent about the media I ingested. And since I wanted to think about the pandemic as little as possible, I decided that Nocturne would be a COVID-free zone, a place to escape the reality of fear, sickness, and death all around the world. The fear lessened, but I held on to the idea of the night as escape. Now, 10 months into all of this, I'm starting to let myself imagine what life will look like when the worst of this virus is behind us. And it's not lost on me that despite my fascination with night and darkness, I mostly experience them from a place of caution, my mind creating an embellishing fear that stops me from venturing too far. Nothing to see here. Just a lone American girl holding a microphone. Trying to figure out what it is about the dark. At the very end of our six months of traveling, I got a call from my mom that she was in the hospital with a ruptured appendix. It was a hard edge of reality to a dreamlike time. We flew from Dublin to Manhattan and I sat with her in the hospital after her surgery. There was no question that I would be with her. And thankfully she was fine. She came out to California to visit a few months later because we'd never gone longer than that six months without seeing each other. Now I haven't seen my mother in over a year. I know many others who've traveled during this time to see loved ones. My mother and I haven't. I suppose we fall on the cautious end of the spectrum in many things. We observe perimeters, certainly ones we can see, and many that we can't. Looking back, the idea of creating barriers for the fun of pushing through them seems like such an incredible luxury. The fear and the darkness now are so real. The thing I miss most during this time is being close to all the people I love. The second thing is the extravagance of venturing into the unfamiliar dark just for the fun of it. But I know that's coming, so I'll wait in the darkness I have. You've been listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Nocturne is produced by me and was created by myself and Kent Sparling, who also composed the theme music. 
Thank you to Robin Galante for six incredible years as our brilliant artist in residence. We've been so lucky to have you. And welcome to Magdalena Matryka, our fantastic new illustrator. Check out both of their work on our website, nocturnepodcast.org. If you haven't done so already, please support Nocturne on Patreon or PayPal. Go to nocturnepodcast.org support to find out how to contribute. Thank you to Jenny Holland and Patrick Monahan for joining the happy possum level of support on Patreon. I am so, so grateful. If you support us on Patreon, there are a bunch of extra perks, like Nightlight's bonus episodes, like this last one, Leave the Light On, about one woman's somewhat hilarious attempt to confront her own fear of the dark. My goal was to become uncomfortable and to face this fear in a very controlled way, in a very safe way. And I wanted to stop being so scared of the dark. And as we all know, the best way to overcome a fear is to face it head on. So my first step to overcoming my fear of the dark would be to take a shower without any lights on, completely in the dark, a completely controlled, safe, but also very scary experiment. Find out more and get in touch at nocturnepodcast.org or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, we're at nocturnepodcast. Also, if you're moved to leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, that'd bring a big smile to my face, and it helps other people learn about the show. Till next time, thanks for listening.